0: Welcome to Rhythm of Previews, where we check out the preview chapters of Rhythm of War, the fourth Stormlight Archive novel. I am Danielle with the Seventeenth Shard, and I am Owen, I mean, and you cannot have my hive. <laughs> yep. I love it; <laughs> it's so true too. <laughs> We're here with the last chapter of part one there are rhythm of war spoilers if you didn't notice let's get into it what annotations do we have for chapter 18
1: so before we leave the preview station on all about the hype train let's look at these (laughs) penultimate annotations um so brendan talked about like he talked about the structure of this book again with how like we have this mini climax to the before the book here and or in part one and how, instead of like, we had this really big actions or like uh, yeah intense scene with Shalan and um, Fear in Outbringer, we get a much more character focused and calm climax in part one here. Mm-hmm. Like we had Kaladin just talk to his family basically in this in last week's chapter and chapter 19 does continue this trend as we'll see later. And basically, Brandon just said that he finally or wanted to finally give Kaladin a chance more or less to truly become a healer and to see how that role fits him as an adult. Because, of course, there has been a couple of years since he's left Hearthstone and has last worked together with his father. So it probably will be a little different for him.
0: Yep. That sounds good. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see after Kaladin has been through so much how he's going to be approaching his... Role as a surgeon, and um, it's going to be an interesting change for him. Kind of like the pacing, I think. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, definitely.
0: We'll see how he adapts to that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So um, we have an epigraph. Navani is wrapping up her lecture to the coalition by pleading again to share their techniques for Fabrial manufacturing. She's opening her own research to all of them as an effort to kind of coax them into sharing their secrets. It,
1: I find this is to be a little bit of an odd epigraph to end the part, like get all these really exciting, cosmo-relevant things earlier. But I guess it makes sense her to enter a lecture, not on another bombshell, but just like mm-hmm. saying, pleading the other leaders again, because you did it before, I think. And she said, like, oh, please, could the Thalens just tell us what their methods are? So if, if we didn't keep secrets, we'd be much further ahead. So it mm-hmm. sort of fits with like the theme or like, her intention of these lectures, I feel.
0: Yeah, um, she did mention a couple of things. She mentioned that she wants to learn their secrets about first drawing the spren mm-hmm. out of the gemstone. And then another one she mentioned was creating fabrials around extremely large stones, which I think is kind of uh, showing kind of what her goal and gain is with doing this lecture. Because, of course, this could be referring to, um, you know, the tower and that big pillar that's like a massive fabrial gemstone Mm -hmm. thing. But it could also be about um, creating a fabrial around that huge fourth bridge or... um, With with her work with uh, doing those huge pulleys and levers and things, Um, Mm. so it makes me wonder if she has any other like big projects in the works as well. Mm, Yeah,
1: I guess it is sort of interesting how like apparently large gemstones pose problems. I guess it might be that either it could just be simply that you if you want to create such a large metal frame, it just becomes more fragile, or it's Mm -hmm. also just a matter of maybe. Because you aren't really focusing, I guess, so much. Like it, it has a lot of area to cover the metal and to affect. Uh, maybe that's problematic for, um, yeah, for uh, the Fabrio.
0: Mm. And then we heard from before they were talking about metal that conducts stormlight, so mm-hmm. that could be um, some kind of concern for them as well.
1: Yeah, just one thing. Maybe it's like. Technically, I guess the only reason you have larger gemstones is to store more stormlight in them because, like, uh, the Spren could fit in any size gemstone. Like, it's just the cut or, like, how perfect the cut is that determines whether it'll stay there forever. So, Mm -hmm. definitely interesting to see what they even can create with large gemstones.
0: Um, I was thinking that she was talking about, like, Fabrials around, like, when she said a large stones, I first thought it wasn't gemstones. She was talking about like she was talking about like a large like a boulder or mm-hmm. like the tower or something.
1: Also but, be, yeah. yeah,
0: it makes it makes sense that she was talking about like using large or even those perfect gemstones.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's just hope that the prince finally share some of their secrets. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Although
0: this also means that she gave them some of her schematics, right? Yep. Because if she's opening um, opening her research to everybody else, then that means that her drawings for the flight fabrials and the fourth bridge and everything would be public knowledge as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little risky. Uh, chapter 19 is called Garnets. Uh, Navani and Rushu are discussing the use of spren within the Fabriels and the differences between the Spren used for the enemy's Fabrials compared to their own Silcasters. And Navani uh, sends Rushu to create a team to uh, create protocols to identify masked ones, the light weaver esque that might be hiding among them. Navani heads into the library room with all those gemstones and she's speaking with the engineers. They've turned it into a, a sort of lab. And uh, they're working on using an aluminum cage inside Fabriel to create a device that can help steer the fourth bridge or other items. And then she brings them to show them over to this huge shaft inside the tower where they're designing a system of pulleys to start utilizing the kinetic energy from high storms into potential energy to power what they call an air force. And then... After her meeting with those engineers, she uh, arrives at a meeting of the Coalition of Monarchs and she comes face to face with Teravengian, and uh, they are exchanging some heated words. He leaves her speechless as he goes to take a seat. Um, the coalition starts discussing Dalinar and Yasna's proposal to free Emul. And surprisingly to them, they all agree to this maneuver. Normally, it seems like they are not always in agreement. So at this po- moment, they are all agreeing to uh, to the efforts to free Emil. Um And then Sigzil acting as the new voice for the Windrunners. He's suggesting an envoy to the Honor Spren to repair relations with them from the Recreants. And Shalan ends up volunteering to lead a group. There are four orders of Radiance that are going to go and meet with them and apologize and ask for help. And uh, apparently that is, in Sigmund's mind, the best way to um, to treat the Honor's brand. If you ask for help, they're most likely going to help you, <laughs> which makes sense. And then later that night, Navani and Dalinar are in their room and they're discussing Taravangian's support for the war proposal that they made, and they are expecting him to be laying a trap for them. And then Dalinar asks Navani to stay behind, and Rithiru, I can't pronounce it, Rithiru, and uh, then the scene fades to black. <laughs> and that is the end of part one. Yep. <laughs>
1: what an ending for one. So I guess yes. we know what all the characters will be up to. After this, mm-hmm. but of course we it's also learn <laughs> we also learn something about these white fabrials, and it's I find cool that they, of course, they never any noticed before the similarity between like the garnets in the large gemstone pillar, but all, um, and has now um uh, yeah, investigating it, but it's really interesting to see that apparently enlightened Brennan like these corrupted spren I use for the suppressor fabriel, which mm. is not what I expected at all.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because when they went to, I guess, talk to the spren in mm-hmm. in Shadesmar, they tried to, and he eventually closed his eyes or her eyes, their eyes. And um, it's kind of interesting because it almost makes you feel like that spren is working with with who they call the enemy, rather than, you know, being imprisoned against their will. Which kind of makes me concerned about like modern Fabrials where they're imprisoning them and Navani got that mysterious message about, you know, stop doing what you're doing and makes me wonder if there's like a translation error somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh,
1: that I found really interesting because Navani said like they imprison them in the cognitive realm, but I do not get that impression at all. Like I still think they, the, um, like we, she says that a sapiens brand that uh, get used in these higher fabrials. So I feel like they quite willingly say, okay, uh, in like, if you give me stormlight, I'll do that for you, like, mm-hmm. something like that, I guess, like there's something they might get out of it as a deal and also the oathgate spren are quite content with their place mm-hmm. so uh, i don't agree at all with her calling it imprisonment like it almost feels like she sort of tries to talk to uh, talk herself into thinking that what they are doing right now isn't all that different from what the ancients were doing so mm-hmm. she can feel better uh, better about it maybe
0: yeah yeah she did mention that she spoke with the oathgate spren didn't she and yeah. that they seem to be fine with their kind of their job starting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <it> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, interesting. It makes me wonder um with her storyline, what we're going to learn about how the spren and the fabrials work together. Yep,
1: definitely. And I guess what uh, this um, chapter also told us is that all these ancient fabrials are much more cognitive based, like the spren mm-hmm. are imprisoned which i don't think like they're based mm-hmm. in the cognitive realm for it while for the modern fibrils they actually pull them into the physical realm and um and trap them there so i feel like the just the thematic difference there sort of is that um the modern fibrils are much better at affecting the physical realm because mm-hmm. the sprenner and the physical as well like uh, we see in I think Oathwing, or maybe even the end of uh, Words of Radiance, we have that one scene where they say, like, oh, we've already optimized the lifts or something like that. Like, they can do it better than the ancients. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's sort of the distinguishing factor that it's just physical realm versus cognitive realm.
0: Yeah, maybe like the fact that they are imprisoning the Spren. And bringing them into the physical realm, maybe it's making it more efficient, but it's also mm-hmm. kind of a little more harmful to the spren. Yep. Or not so humane, I guess.
1: <laughs> yep. And just in general about these, about the suppression fabric, uh, I find it interesting that it's an enlightened spren and not just mm-hmm. any void spren, I guess. Like one of who's actually affiliated with uh, Audium. So I wonder whether they always had the option to do that or whether this enlightenment is a much newer development from Sharnad.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't they comparing it to Renarin's Spren?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so nice to see Navani in this you know, this is her element, you know, Mm -hmm. she loves the research development and she's kind of like a project manager where she's, you know, she's all of her engineers are excited to show her what they've come up with. And she kind of directs them. Like she told Rushu, um, to, to do all this research about trying to find similar Fabrials in that pillar. And then she also speaks with these engineers in the library about, um, they're so excited to show her their new (laughs) um little device that pulls in different directions.
1: Yeah, I feel like the engineers uh, they feel quite comfortable around um, Navani and they actually welcome her into their own circle and like the the one the older engineers that like, they oh yeah that's genius what she came up with later. But Navani mm-hmm. is still Thinks she's just oh they're just talking to me and uh, want to want me to feel uh, want to make me feel good and mm-hmm. they don't I, I'm not actually a, a good scientist but from this chapter it seems like she came up with all these uh, things for like the um, windmills and uh, mm-hmm. the pulley system all on her own so she's definitely an engineer and she deserves the praise. Yeah. yeah,
0: they they talk about how she has genius ideas and she's like well i'm just utilizing your genius but she she doesn't really take compliments that well yeah yeah it's really sad because we know why
1: yeah exactly it does go back to her treatment by gavila mm-hmm. maybe like just others in her past as well like she always mm-hmm. was a, sort of yeah the person who they just thought was, was good for political scheming and that's it or mm-hmm. something like that yeah
0: and then later on, she even mentions, like way later in the chapter, that she's feeling so much more comfortable with a glove rather than her mm-hmm. fancy robe. It's so <laughs> it's so neat to see these barriers being broken between dark eyes and light eyes. Like yep. the young engineer, I can't remember his name, and he, he grabs her arm and she's she doesn't really mind. Like she's not offended by it or anything. And yeah. she's talking about how she when she's holding her cup with her two hands and she's thinking <laughs> to herself like it's so much easier with the glove on instead of this fancy robe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, the, it's good for Warren society in general I feel to ditch the safe hand because I mean I don't know it's
0: well, I mean even with very... the emergence of Radiance who yeah. female Radiance who can't re- I mean you're not going to fight that well with your <laughs> your left hand being covered up by a a sleeve. So I I really like seeing how it is organically changing Mm -hmm. rather than just like, I decree that women don't need to do that anymore. (laughs) But you know, the queen of the tower (laughs) (laughs) is now like wearing a glove. (laughs) I don't know. I I really like that.
1: Mm -hmm, Yeah. And, I hope she embraces that at some point, and she like because she still does use a proper safe, or safe and sleeve for um, mm-hmm. meetings. So I hope she eventually just embraces and goes, okay. Like Fen, Queen Fen is actually already like in a very unwarranted dress or something mm-hmm. like that, and uh, I feel like Navani can just do that as well and just like. It'll all be fine because if you're just, no, yeah, nobody really cares anymore, yeah. I feel.
0: There's all these women changing the way the world yep. works. I love it. And Fen, with her, I don't know, they described it kind of like a colorful dress. I was picturing it as like a plaid dress, which is totally not. An Alethi or Mm Voren style, and so (laughs) and she's, you know, she's a queen, and so is Navani and and Yasna. Like they're all very important women, and they're kind of changing it up.
1: Yep, going back to what she talked about with the engineers, uh, actually, I find the like the personal lift is what she calls it, which I find a little like I guess you can use it as a lift, but I don't feel like that's the most natural application of it. But anyway, um, uh, the way they apparently can now point it in any direction and still have you pull it like in the direction you point while the force you apply is still in one direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that really interesting. And I wonder whether they use something like a gyroscope or something like that maybe. So the actual fabrial is always aligned like with this in the same direction. The aluminum helps with that maybe. And so, and then you, Get like you yourself will be pulled in the direction that you're pointing. Something like that, maybe?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thing that they're using aluminum in the Fabrials because it's we know that it like blocks shard blades and it interferes with investiture and stuff. So with them using it, maybe they can block certain signals that they don't want the fabrial to have yep. and, and have it, you know, change directions without actually having to move the fabrial towards that direction. Mm-hmm. And, and didn't she yeah. mention something in, in later on um, when they're at that like huge police system, and she says, Okay, I want you to work on this lift, but I want you to design it like a crossbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to picture that. Like, what are they going to shoot people <laughs> up into the sky? <laughs> I,
1: like, what I imagine it like it's basically like uh, in, I think, it's, like in Gmod. The uh, like the um, game uh, there's like grappling hook and that basically looks mm-hmm. like it's it's a crossbow like we, the from half life the crossbow and I imagine uh-huh. basically like that you can I just can shoot around it. with that like that yeah so i guess and it's
0: a it, little a little not very practical for like that, the average yeah. person <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is uh, you know it's just cool to see also navani just she doesn't just think about like all these scientists um like the the uh nephew or whatever he was of the older scientist, he just built it as a box, and mm-hmm. he didn't really pay attention to the aesthetic or how mm-hmm. the common person might use it, but Na immediately thinks, okay, yeah, maybe form it like a cross person so you even have so you also have a direction indicator and stuff like that, so uh yeah, she definitely thinks
0: she she's genius.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's a genius. Yeah. She's a
0: creative genius. Mm -hmm. And I think this is also like born of her kind of political savviness and her um, just way of dealing with people. She knows how the public will see and perceive things. And so if you can design it with its purpose in mind, rather than just a box, then Mm -hmm. you'll get more people to embrace the change.
1: And, actually, and then
0: like with the fourth bridge, she designed it in her original schematics as like a ship, but now we see it in practicality, and yeah. it's just like this plank that's like moving slowly around, it's not very aerodynamic or anything. So um it's kind of like she's almost fighting a little bit with the engineers where she, she has these <laughs> grand things in mind, but she has engineers working for her who are just thinking about the mechanics of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do have still like uh, they also mentioned, oh, we'd have we had to tweak your ideas then there a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the core, I've, yeah, it's still all Navani's ideas, and uh, she can show these all these scholars how it's done.
0: I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But uh, going back to the like the little box with the aluminum aluminum maybe uh, later on Navani when she thinks about why she being sent these me- or when she was sent these messages by Span Read, mm-hmm. she thinks that maybe it has to do with her there because they're only now getting these messages and they have been developing fabrics for like the last. 10, 20 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's weird that they only now become active, that other party. And she theorizes whether it's to do with them using aluminum now. And I wonder whether maybe that's something to do with like the, maybe the spren is hurt by it Mm -hmm. or something like that. Because it does interfere with with, uh, uh, investitures. So it would maybe make sense that they feel actual pain from it.
0: Mm. Or it could keep them from being able to communicate, or something. Hmm. I see. When when we first read that passage about the um, mysterious span raid <laughs> message, I was thinking, what are they talking about? Like the flying like bridge, or are they talking about yeah. like using the the tower as a way of making a big Fabrial. But now that we know that she's using aluminum in it, that definitely makes sense.
1: I feel like that might be where that plot might be going, though. Like, but then again, it does feel like if they only have to d- ditch that attempt at making Fabrials, swaggy it it would be like, of course, they wouldn't be able to pull off that many feats, but they'd still have all the other Fabrials stuff. So maybe it is modern Fabrials in general that it has mm-hmm. an issue with. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And we've seen now that the enlightened Spren are being used in the other types of Fabrials. Maybe that's how they want it to go back to rather than, you know, this new modern mm-hmm. imprisonment of the Spren, of mm-hmm. lesser, lesser Spren.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess another person who's apparently interested in these new scientific developments is also Terra mm-hmm. He, like, he approaches Snivel and says, like, oh, would be. Cool, I guess, to uh, for her for him to see her designs finally for all that she's doing, and I do really like this more politically savvy intervention, Like in the previous books, like in his viewpoints, he was always we all often saw him in on his uh, intelligent days, but the others most often saw him uh, on compassionate days, or at least he appeared to be less intelligent. And it's really cool to finally see him interact in his full cap or. Fuller capacity with with the characters, and they know about uh, or like they know he's uh, uh, somebody to deal with. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he to- he totally dropped that facade of you know naive bumbling old man he's really not on a very compassionate day in this chapter because man that that conversation that he and Navani had was scathing like they were yep. flinging it at each other it was, it was pretty harsh and to leave Navani speechless at the end of it like she hears what he's saying and she just can't get over his utter lack of <laughs> respect for <laughs> you know, human life, like, but, but then he says, oh, I'm doing it to protect humankind. Like, what is his definition of protecting humankind?
1: Well, apparently it's just uh, a to him mm-hmm. he's yeah. with, or, with audio. So yeah.
0: it's, it's really getting into that, like, very, very scary territory of one person deciding what's best for everybody. Yep.
1: Yeah, Tarquin's like moral philosophy is certainly something that's
0: interesting.
1: To say at least, <laughs> like he's very much uh, ends justify uh, ends justify the means uh, kind of person, mm-hmm. and uh, especially if it's his ends and
0: not other people's. Yeah, ends. exactly. <laughs> his diagrams ends. Um, it, it is nice though that you know Dalinar and Yasna and Navani they all mistrust him. And they, you know, they don't, they know that he's setting traps. They are expecting him to act in certain ways, but in this case, he acted in a completely different way, which threw up all these red flags for them about how he was supporting this move into Emul. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he's kind of smug about it. He's like, I support it 100%. And, and they're like, wait, what? Yep. Um, and like, I don't know, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, definitely. Like he's, uh, it's good to see them m- mistrusting him, and especially later on when like Navani talks to Delna as well, and like, say, oh, you know exactly. Like Navani knows exactly what Delna is thinking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope they find a way to also make the rest of the coalition see it, and maybe like because Navani thinks about how. No, Tarantian approached them before she even could act uh, anything like that, and argued how leaving or having Jakobet and as and ally is good. So it is a sort of tough situation there. in like Tarantian is a valuable ally, ally, but if he's working for the enemy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, of course, uh, it's also a, a large problem. And,
0: well, we know from being readers that there's the the uh, singers. And listeners are kind of moving on the tower. They're on their way there. And maybe Taravangia knows this because he's uh, he's wanting them to move their whole military force away from there. It doesn't matter where, as long as they're not there. And we can see this, but (laughs) Navani and Dalinar are sitting there like, why is he doing this? We're totally clueless. Um, I mean, at least they're trying to be prepared. And Dalinar wanted to leave Navani there to. Kind of carry on his his ideals, basically. If anything happens to him and Yasta, but mm-hmm.
1: yeah, scary. and uh, <laughs> I one hundred percent agree that Tarantino is just like he's well aware of the um, singers or the fuse plan, and he just okay, maybe if everybody is engaged. Up, uh, away from Eurythru, uh, nobody can come to, or like even not necessarily if they're all engaged in Imul, nobody can, can, can come to help in urethuru and so they'll be open there. Because I guess technically you could say uh, if only the Alethi and I don't know the Thalens and the um, Asish were in Imul, mm-hmm. they could still say, okay, when Eurythru gets attacked, you can defend it. But mm-hmm. if everybody is uh, caught up there, no defense, apart right. from Kaladin, probably.
0: <laughs> right. You know, new surgeon Kaladin. <laughs> yep. I, I do like, though, seeing this coalition of monarchs and seeing all the different um, the different monarchs there. Yanagon, mm-hmm. Yanagon, he was there and I love that he's, you know, he's a teen. He's a youngster, but he's smart. He can make his own decisions, even like despite their custom, he speaks for himself, and he's joking around with the other monarchs. I really like to see that, and of course, Fen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really love Fen. She's, mm-hmm. uh, d- yeah, she's just like this. I don't know, often stories have these sort of monarch characters, like uh, she's almost a little bit like Cebareo. Maybe even like he, she's the mm-hmm. more nonchalant, and um, yeah, like she just says what she's thinking, and uh, yeah, just really like that sort of character. So, yeah, yeah. she's really
0: down to earth, yeah, or down to Roshar, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I really really like her, and also like Yanagorn or Gorks as Lyft calls him, being I feel like he also like, just tries to, uh, like we see even in Asia where they're so very set on their rules and like they have the proper ways of doing things and they Mm -hmm. have forms for everything, even Mm -hmm. there the sort of cultural or like the society is um, transforming and it affects them as well. So I feel like he's just a symbol of that happening, I feel.
0: yeah. And speaking of change, we see lift, (laughs) team lift. (laughs) 14 now, right? And she's yeah. still like under tables and like bumping into <laughs> things and eating all the snacks and stuff. And <laughs> I I loved that she had a little bit in this in this chapter. I like seeing her dealing with all these high and mighty people. <laughs> yep.
1: I almost say I'm not sure whether I want her to be more composed and act like an adult in the back half when she is actually be an adult, or whether mm-hmm. I want her to still be this like I don't want to grow up and uh, it's still I like can imagine a like I don't know twenty year old lift still sliding around the tables and just knocking yeah. everything down. <laughs> it would be very. I'm, for I'm her. okay
0: with that. I I have my issues with her. Mostly with how she deals with Windle and stuff, but mm-hmm. she's definitely a fun character to have around.
1: Yeah, yeah. T- uh, talking about like Windle or the, I guess the uh, uh, envoy to the to the um, honor sprint general. Uh, mm-hmm. For one, it's really good. To like, uh, oh, I've never heard of f- him before, but apparently he's a big deal uh, among the sprinters, something like that. And she <laughs> talked about Windle, but because you uh, figured
0: out how chairs work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So
1: bizarre. <laughs> but definitely a good choice not to send her uh among the Envoy.
0: Uh right. Yeah, yeah she's not very diplomatic. <laughs> hmm Yeah, it was it was kind of sad when um Fen asks Stormblast and he's not there, and Sigzil's like, um he's he's uh stepped down because he is wounded and she's mm-hmm. like Wait, wounded, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really sad. He's like, you know, he a different kind of wound. <laughs> Just broke <Yeah>. my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but um, sixil really grew into that position already. Like he's stepped up and made this proposal to to send the envoy to the honors run. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and really like how Navani reacts to him. Like at first she's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's not a soldier like Kaladin mm-hmm. was. Or he never could imagine him leading the, the Wind Runners like that. But mm-hmm. she starts to sort of shift her um, like view of him a little bit and says, oh, he, he does appear to be, uh, he's basically, a, he is a scribe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but that might actually be a good thing. And he does know what he's talking about and sees reasons. So, yeah, I really like that sort of perspective on him.
0: Mm-hmm. And-, and it's it's kind of funny because she, she thinks to herself of, Almost like a patron saint of the thinkers, oh, yeah. Yeah. and so she was kind of chastising herself for judging him before really thinking about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, something else that was interesting about the envoy was that apparently Yasna uh, still is one of the only um, Else scholars, or the only Else scholar, because mm-hmm. uh, like yeah, because uh, apparently still haven't, or still don't, won't, don't like, want to, uh, don't want to bond. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I wonder what's up with that. I wonder we'll see more else callers mm-hmm. in this book, or maybe they're entirely, like, Jiasna will be the only one for a long time.
0: And then they didn't want to send Renarin because of his mm-hmm. unique circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they're they sending, so they're sending Godeki, the edge dancer, mm-hmm. and they're sending Shallan, the Lightweaver, they're sending... Who is the other one? There were, there were four, right?
1: Uh, they're sending a Stoneward, which it's I strong. really like. Like, uh, Stoneward is... Finally, want to see a Stoneward <laughs> action, H- mm-hmm. I think. Plus Aedalyn, that's all of them. Like, four Radiants
0: But Ad- not Radiant, though.
1: Oh, was it only three Radiant? <laughs> uh, a Stoneward, Edge H- Dancer... Um,
0: Oh, they were gonna send another Truth Watcher, unnamed
1: Oh, Truth right, Watcher. right, no. right. Yeah. Truth Watcher.
0: Not Renarin. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Okay, yeah. And first of all, I really like that they're sending Godeki because mm-hmm. um I can't, I we haven't seen anything or much of him yet, but I feel like he can become a great character. Because mm-hmm. like he was a former ardent and I know, I feel like he just could just fill the role of sort of you know an older mm-hmm. Guy along with this all these young people in the group probably.
0: It's, it's going to be neat to see an edge dancer who isn't quite so unique as Lift. <laughs> yep. Um, someone with you know the healing and the the slipperiness. <laughs> like that. Uh,
1: how Lift like, says or was it Lift? Uh, Lift herself says like they're all better at the edge dancing than mm-hmm. she yeah, is. edge so. dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess we know now how Shallan pulls off um, going to mm-hmm. Atlassian Integrity and seeking out Ristarris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she has an opportunity now.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she's definitely a good option for them to send in the first place. Yeah. Although I do feel like her explanation of the cryptics and the honor Sprints, you know, feuding, I feel like she was kind of glossing over that a little bit. Because <laughs> they really distrust each other, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, like, uh, still even says, like, they tried to conquer parts. Oh, no, sorry, uh, the other way around, but the honor sprint tried to conquer parts of Shadesmile 4, and mm-hmm. like all the others, were a little wary of them. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, she has to get to Shadesmile somehow. So, I'm right. willing right. to let that uh, slide. Yeah. But it and is then- interesting like- to see that. Oh, sorry. Yeah.
0: Well, I was gonna say now we we also see Adolin trying to go back to see Maya and um it seems like he was really looking forward to that for a long time. So it it kinda makes me wonder how far their, you know, relationship or whatever has progressed <laughs> in the past year. I don't know how often he actually goes to Shadesmar, but mm-hmm. If, if if he doesn't have an opportunity to go that often, then it's kind of touching that he wants to go back and see her again.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, You can really tell that Aileen really wants to sort of uh, give it a try and I guess I, I don't know whether he really has his, his objective to revive her uh, um, yeah, mm-hmm. revive her yet, or whether he just feels like there's something going on but uh, definitely exciting to see him excited mm-hmm. for going to Shadesmart because also, like at the beginning of the Shadesmart sequence in Oathbringer, he really didn't like it at all and was like, he really was um, out of his depth because he's not a Radiant, he could really mm-hmm. help them there. But uh, now he has a reason to go to Shadesmart. I really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And what also was interesting to see about uh, this envoy is that they cannot send or don't want to send Kaladin mm-hmm. because apparently the um, Odas Prince still hold a grudge for him, I guess, maybe having bonded Syl because she was sort of their princess or something like that. So maybe mm-hmm. they hold a grudge about that.
0: Ancient daughter.
1: Yeah, That ex- at least explains why he won't be going mm-hmm. uh, there.
0: Yeah, it kind of ties up all of the threads of the different storylines that we're going to be seeing.
1: Yep, definitely. I <laughs> I cannot help but feel that Lirin might die in this way, or at least be in grave danger. Because like this is basically perfect setup here right now for Kaladin to swear forth oaths oath. Uh, Navani and Lirin will like, be important people. Uh, like personally important to him and important to the general cause that will be in your alone with him, more or less, like he will be one of the persons in power there and I feel like he'll have the option to either save Navani or Liren and I feel like something like that might be coming.
0: Can we just yeah. give her Kaladin a break? Like yeah. seriously? <laughs> this job is supposed to be like his way of recovering, yeah. not going through another tragedy. Like gosh. Yeah. Poor it, it, just,
1: I don't want it to happen at all, but it just feels like the perfect setup for that to happen. And yeah.
0: didn't didn't wasn't it said somewhere that rhythm of war will have some of the lowest lows?
1: Yes, chaos. Said that uh, Eric said that in his review. So mm-hmm. definitely some. I mean, I guess the uh, one of the lows was already when Moes talked to him and he almost, like, almost mm-hmm. talked him into suicide. That definitely was a low. But mm-hmm. I really fear that there'll be lower lows to come.
0: Yeah, long chapter, but um, it's just tying things up. It's not really bringing a bunch of new questions. Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of neat, faberous things, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, generally, it's like cool to see Navan interacting with people, and also like how she saw Delano at the end. How she still takes care of uh, business for him. like he do- he isn't really a people person, or like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's rather oblivious to him maybe offending the staff for sending them away, but Navan is still is like in the background and cleaning things up. Really cool to see yeah. that. Yeah,
0: yeah, they have a great relationship i feel they really depend on each other any other thoughts for chapter 19 nope nothing from me nope. i think we're going to cut in a little bit of an and the discussion of the annotation for chapter 19 here uh, it'll be later on in the day because it doesn't come out when the chapter comes out so um we'll probably go to that right after this
1: so uh, brenton had- in this last annotation, he talked about how he had a hard time deciding whether to end the part on Kaladin or a Navani viewpoint, uh, but ultimately decided that Navani would fit a lot better as sort of the thematic end. And I feel like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially like that had, was perfect setup for uh, just setting the rest of the arcs. Um, uh, but you also acknowledge that Tarantian might just like walking around freely after admitting to all the things that he did. And, um, at the end of Oathbringer might be confusing or like might be weird to some people. But like in the greater scheme of things, as far as Bren is concerned, Tarantian's actions aren't really that condemning as you'd first, uh, as condemning as you first think, as you'd first think because like, uh, if if you there weren't suspicions that he is uh, in league with Odium, they just, okay, he's another political leader who just goes over like he's willing to do assassinations. But yeah, then he also talked or Brendan also talked about that uh, we are apparently going to get some Orterrangian's perspective on things as well throughout the book because he will be the sort of interlude uh, throughline character for Rhythm of War. Like like Seth was there for the Way of Kings or Ashranai for um Verse of Radiance. So yeah, that's what we get.
0: Well, yeah, it's definitely weird to see TeraVanji and like just walking around free. But I guess it makes sense, especially in time of war. You don't want to be like deposing people and <laughs> yeah. especially when they're a big part of, you know, Yakovet is a. Pretty significant part of this fight. So I guess Mm -hmm. it makes sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I guess, as Brent said, we will see what Tarantino himself thinks about all this. So looking forward to those. Yeah, Yeah, that'll be
0: interesting. (laughs) I did find his perspectives very cool, just with like the fact that he has all these varying states of mind. Mm -hmm. So It'll be interesting yep. to kind of explore him further. He's a very good character. He's just not a very good person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: And I do like uh, that he has acknowledged Nivani is, you know, a pretty central character to this. And I really like seeing her perspective and things. Um, I know a lot of people had complaints about Dalinar not being so present in the chapters, but I feel like Nivani is a really good um, person to be following throughout this story
1: 100 agreed yeah <laughs>
0: cool all right so that's the annotation <laughs> the, last <laughs> the last one, one. <laughs> cool cool all right so that is the end of part one of rhythm of war the fourth stormlight archive novel thank you for joining us and sharing your thoughts and your reactions with us. And you can discuss these chapters with us on our Discord, on our forums, in the comments. Um, We would love to hear what your thoughts are about this whole part and about this chapter. In one week, we will all be enjoying the rest of this new epic adventure, and we will see you again, along with producer ghost, Eric. Um, yeah. we haven't quite decided yet how that will look, but Marvin and I will be reading as fast as possible on release. Yeah. I have days off from work for yes. this. So yeah. we won't be doing chapter-by-chapter chapter videos in this series. That would be ridiculous. Oh god.
1: I, I could But
0: we're going to be planning something um, to finish up this rhythm of previews. Yep.
1: And don't forget you cannot have my hype
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it it's so true I'm so excited for this oh, book yeah. release <laughs> bye see you <laughs> I, can, I can't even look I have to like, hide it <laughs> Cause I'm gonna giggle the whole time. <laughs> All right, three,
1: two, one.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> I can turn it off for now and then.
0: No, no, it's okay. Works. I'm just, okay. I just got the giggles. So here's outtakes, feather.
1: Here's outtakes. Yeah, I'm not editing it this week.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: This, this, this is a quality outtake, feather. This is this is this is high quality stuff here.
0: I'm letting
1: like do, do you want me to do the countdown again for you, Danielle?
0: Yes, please. I'm I've completely covered everything. I can't see it now. You just covered <laughs>
1: oh my god oh that's funny oh yeah all right all right are we are we (laughs) calm and collected you know you don't the intro doesn't have to be good danielle it just has to be (laughs) said Also, this is great content for the audio listeners, obviously. This is is high quality audio content here. (laughs) They're
0: like, why are they giggling so much?
1: Yeah, just look, look, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to be said, (laughs) No, it's fine, it's fine. All right, right. so you want the countdown? You want the countdown?
0: Yeah, go for it, go for it. All right,
1: three, two, one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Great start. Great start. Okay. <clears throat> okay.